Greetings, everyone. Well, it's February 22nd, 2023 already. Birthday of George Washington. In spite of uh, the people who want to X out our founding fathers because of their flaws, I'm grateful for the man that George Washington was and the freedoms we have because he and others paid a price for it. This is a humble perspective and um, I'm writing as the actual services in the revival at Asbury are winding down. I want to make some comments about that. First, I'll open with a scripture. Jesus told his disciples a story that to show that they should always pray and never give up. Luke 18.1, the New Living Translation. I've titled this perspective, Let Us Pray. I hope you all are rejoicing in the way God has been moving among students and others from around the world at Asbury University these past two weeks. I certainly am. One of the discussions taking place around this moving of God at Asbury and now in other places as well is whether or not this is truly revival in rela relation to the lasting impact and fruit that may come from it. Time will tell, of course. I'm confident, however, that whatever may or may not come of it in the big picture, there will be numerous individuals whose lives and work will be changed because of their encounter with God over the past two weeks. The question can be asked, has this been simply a sovereign act of God coming out of the blue, as it were? Or is God responding to the diligent, faithful prayers of people? I would suggest that prayer has, at the least, played a significant role. I'm hearing more and more reports about people who have been praying persistently for months and even years that God would move in some powerful way in the lives of the younger generations. Some who testify to have, having been praying are students and teachers at Asbury. Many others are people who have come to Asbury from other places other places in Kentucky, other states, and even other nations. And many have been and continue to pray who have not been near Asbury at all. You've probably heard that a similar work of God took place at Asbury in 1970. There are uncounted testimonies of how God changed people's lives and changed the direction of their lives back then. Mine was one of those even though I was not actually at Asbury. I was a third-year student at Circleville Bible College, which is now Ohio Christian University, at that time. When some Asbury students came to our chapel to share what God had been doing at their campus in February of 1971, it made a powerful impact on me and others. However, for some of us in the Bible College, it was an answer to prayers that we had been offering diligently for a year preceding the breakout of revival at Asbury. 
I have written about that in some detail in my book, For Such a Time as This, One Man's Spiritual Journey, in which I've shared my own story of walking with the Lord and learning His ways. Here are a few relevant passages from that book. I was conducting the January 1969 class meeting of the sophomore class soon after New Year's Day and three weeks before the end of the first semester. Everything was normal until Helen Loveless put forth a motion that our class sponsor an early morning prayer meeting at 6 a.m. for the next three weeks, leading up to the week of revival services that were scheduled to kick off the second semester. Well, who was going to be so unspiritual as to speak against or vote against such a proposal? Certainly not the class president motion passed. As those three weeks began, I, who had prior to this barely made class by eight o'clock, did not crawl out of bed each morning because I desired to pray. I did not go because of any conscious, quote, hunger for God, unquote. I did not go because I was a spiritual man. I went only because I did not want anyone to think that I was not spiritual. In spite of the bad motivation and the hypocrisy, however, in looking back I perceived that God was drawing me. Hunger did begin to grow, and even before the week of revival God began to answer, rather dramatically, specific prayers that we prayed. The hunger increased. By the time the revival services began there was some reviving already beginning to manifest, and during that week I began to get even hungrier to the point of feeling some measure of spiritual desperation. In my book I go on to talk about that and then I come back to this. On Wednesday morning of the week of the school revival during a free hour before chapel I went to the men's prayer room in the Old Bach dorm there at the Ohio Street campus of Circleville Bible College and I got down to the bottom line with God. I cried out to the Lord for help admitting to him that I could not live the life. I found myself saying to the Lord that I was going to quit testifying to some experience of sanctification or holiness. I committed to the Lord that from that time forward I will give him the glory for any successes in my life and that I would be honest about my failures and struggles. I told the Lord of my desperation for help from him. At some point during that hour, I came to peace with God and knew that something significant had transpired. I wasn't sure what had changed, but I left that room with awareness that my relationship with God had changed in some way. I had confidence that I would see changes in my life in the days ahead. Looking back from the vantage point of time and further experience, I believe that there in that prayer room I received what is commonly called the baptism in or the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit awakened my spirit and came to dwell in me when I was born again. However, following the subsequent experience of the Holy Spirit in 1969, I experienced significant change in two areas of my life. First, a hunger for and an insight into the scriptures began to grow. The parameters of my understanding and some of my assumptions began to change. Second, my preaching changed. For two to three years following this prayer room encounter with God, 
no matter how diligently I prepared for my preaching engagements, and I did prepare, I consistently was moved by the Spirit to preach extemporaneously a different message. From that time on, I preached with a different urgency and, as far as I can tell, with more effectiveness. Now, at this point in the book, I wrote about some of the backstory and the context of the 1960s when all this took place before I again wrote about the prayer meeting. The morning prayer meeting at CBC continued not just for three weeks, but throughout the last three semesters that I was in school. About a dozen students became regulars. As an informal gathering, there was no designated leader for the gathering in the absence of formally recognized leadership. However, leaders do emerge, whether formally or informally. Thus, over time, my friend John Meadows and I became the non-leaders of the prayer meeting. We even developed our own traditions, including closing our time by singing the doxology, followed by shouting out a cheer. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, victory is our battle cry. End of the quotations. Over the year and a half that I continued at Circleville Bible College, we saw many answers to our prayers. For example, quite often one of us would feel lead to pray, led to pray, God changed the message today's chapel speaker intends to give and speak to us the word we need to hear at this time. And numerous times the speaker for that day would begin by saying that he had planned to give one message but that on the way to our campus or as he had walked onto the campus or as he was sitting in the chapel service, God had given him a different word. When this happened, usually in that chapel service, we would experience God's presence and power in some special way. Then early in the third semester of that continuing prayer, God moved among the students at Asbury, and a few days later, the word about that reached our college. It was exciting, for sure. For me, it was an encouraging confirmation that God was hearing our prayers. However, I had already been being revived. It was not just what God did at Asbury that was important, it was what God was doing to change the lives of many in my generation in places all over the United States and other nations. I'm confident that God had led many others in many places to pray similarly to the way we did during that time. However, God was not just at work in the Christian college world to call and direct the lives of Christian young people. Although I did not realize it until October 1971, about the same time God had begun moving powerfully among secular youth in the counterculture, calling them to himself in what was to become known as the Jesus Movement. Many who were involved in the Jesus Movement say it began in 1969 and became widespread from 1970 to 1972. Again. I do not believe that the work of God's Spirit then, or the one we are seeing these days, came from out of the blue. God was and is answering prayers. The prayers of people who have been faithfully interceding, some for a long time. What will come of this in the future? Only God knows. However, the impact will be greater and reach further the more we take up our assignment to pray. A good place to start is to take seriously the call 
we have already been given. For example, let us hear and obey the Holy Spirit who addressed us through the Apostle Paul. First of all then, I urge that requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanks be offered on behalf of all people, even for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead peaceful and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. Such prayer for all is good and welcome before God our Savior, since He wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one intermediary between God and humanity, Christ Jesus, Himself human, who gave Himself as a ransom for all, revealing God's purpose at His appointed time. 1 Timothy 2, 1-6, New English Translation. Let us pray.